0: Let's, let's turn to John 15. So the month of July will be in this passage uh, both on Sundays and on Wednesdays. And uh, Wednesdays will be we'll be diving a little bit more deeply into the uh, imagery here that Jesus uses and um, some of the more practical things on Sundays. I'm going to tackle some of the maybe uh, more like strange parts of the passage, uh, or maybe misapplied, misused, misunderstood that, that kind of thing. Because it's, in some senses, it's really straight ahead. In other senses, you're like, what? What? What does that even mean? And this will be one of those. One of those today. You'll see. You'll see when we get there. So let's start off. Uh, let's just read the first five verses. Kind of get re- reminded of where we're going. So this is Jesus on the Thursday night before he was crucified on Friday. He's with his disciples. He's giving them one last uh, teaching, and this is right here in the middle of it. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes nothing. Okay. Last week I went through uh, four questions that um, are just, I find to be very helpful in like kind of centering us sometimes. And they're all um, answered here in this passage. The first question is, who is God? Second question is, who am I? Third question, where is God? Fourth question, where am I? And in those times when you like you're kind of losing your bearings, you can walk yourself through those questions. So, who is God? Well, he is the he's both the true vine in this in this imagery of a vineyard. He's he's the true vine. He's the he's the source. He's what uh, like the the vine like digs into the ground and draws up the nutrients and life and feeds into the branches. Like he's the source of Uh, of, of everything. And the God, the father is the vine dresser. He's the master gardener who knows exactly how to get the most fruit out of the vineyard. He knows how to, uh, how to water the vineyard and how to, um, at times put rocks and other kinds of things to kind of put some stress on the vine, which actually, uh, produces like sweeter grapes in that way. And, uh, he knows what to prune. He knows what to cut back it says here that you're already clean because the father has come through and he's cut out the false narratives and lies and uh through christ he has cut out the sin that we were bound to so who is god he's the holy loving omniscient omnibenevolent uh eternal infinite god that's who he is he is love he is joy he is peace he is patience he is kindness he is goodness he is faithfulness he is self-control. He is all of those things. So who is he? That's who he is. That your source and the one tending to you, that's his character and his nature. That's who he is. So so who am I? Well, according to this, I'm, I'm a branch. I'm not a vine. I'm not a vine dresser. I'm a branch. I'm connected. I'm, I'm like literally like my the fibers of my life are, are connected to the fibers of the vine. His life flowing into my life. Um, So I don't have to be my own vine. He gets to be my source. He gets to be everything that I need. The vine dresser is tending to my life, saying like, hey, this is bad for you. This is bad for you. This is bad for you. Let's cut those things out so that you are producing uh, the fruit that I created you to produce. I just have to be a branch. I don't even have to, it's not my job to like make the fruit. The fruit comes from the vine. So I'm just like this conduit, you know, so who is God? He's the true vine. Father's the vine dresser. Who am I? I'm a branch. Where is God? Well, Jesus says that he's abiding in us. So where is God? He's here. He's in, inside of me. He's also all around me. That he is close enough for me to be attached to him and the vine dresser close enough to come into my life and prune what needs to be pruned. Where is God? He's right here here around us, here within us. And so where am I? Where I'm, He's in me and I'm in him. He says abide in me and I in you. That's how it works. So where is he? Well, he's right here. Where am I? I'm right there with him. He would say the same thing. I'm also interwoven with a bunch of other branches, which are all you guys. Like I'm a part of a cluster of branches. I'm a part of a vineyard that we together are all linked. The thing we have in common is the true vine and the vine dresser can tend to all of us. They're none of us more important than the others. And here we are producing fruit so that the world can be blessed. In Isaiah 27, there's this part of the prophecy that says this. This, in, this is verse six. In days to come, Jacob shall take root. Israel, which we are now a part of, Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. That's like Christ has come. He is the new Israel. He is the true vine. We are the vineyard that he is making to fill the whole world with the fruit of God. That's, that's what's going on here. So here Jesus gives this incredible, beautiful, like metaphor, analogy thing, that people have been writing about and studying and being blessed by and challenged by for so long. And I think a part of it is he's like, he's talking to his disciples in the moment, right? And he's probably like, hey, you're gonna, there's a lot about to happen. A lot has happened this week, a lot is about to happen. Let me give you, give you something you can grab onto, let me give you something that you're familiar with, let me give you some kind of comparison that you're going to like not only be able to remember, but as you go about your lives, like there were vineyards everywhere for them. I think here in Louisiana, he'd probably use trees, oak trees and cypress trees and all the trees that we have. Something that every time you see it, you're like, oh yeah, that's God, and that's me, and that's us. And that's what we're here to do. And so right after this, he says this. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, burned. What? (laughs) That's a very different sounding verse at first, right? Like it sounds like he's being very encouraging and stuff, and he's like, and if you don't abide in me, I'm gonna burn you. That that is what happens. It sounds like Jesus took like a hard left turn or something. (laughs) And so this verse, is, now you can see why you do not want to like, let's throw this into the community group, see what everybody thinks about it. You know? So let's talk about, let, let me, well, I'll, do talk. I'll talk about this verse for a little bit. I've been studying it this week. So a couple of things that were very helpful for me, because at first when I read it, I'm like, did he just go from talking about a, like a vineyard, this beautiful thing, and then talk about people going to hell? Is that what he did? And then he jumps back into the other thing? Like Did he like jump tracks on us real quick? It seems like that way at first. A lot of people think that that's what he is talking about, but um, let's look at it maybe a little, little bit differently. So I learned something about the branches in a vineyard, that they are um, good for one thing, and that's making grapes. Um, in Ezekiel, um, he, Ezekiel writes this in chapter 15. You don't have to turn to it. It says the word of the lord came to me son of man how does the wood of the vine surpass any wood the vine branch that is among the trees of the forest is wood taken from it to make anything do people take a peg from it to hang any vessel on it behold it is given to the fire for fuel when the fire has consumed both ends of it and the middle of its charred is it useful for anything now he's talking about something something else but there's a principle there and apparently in in the ancient near east it was just known that um like if you like in this example if you wanted to put a peg onto the wall to hang a pot from or your coat from or something like that you would not use the branch from a vineyard to do that it was not good for anything you couldn't make furniture out of it you couldn't make I don't know what else, a club out of it. I don't really know what else you would make back then. Uh, But he's basically saying like, hey, this is like the worst kind of wood. He even starts off when he says like, it's basically saying, um, how does the wood of the vine compare to other kinds of wood in the forests? You just, you could not you can't build with it. And think about it. I think about like muscadines and those kind of vines, like they're, they're not strong. They really have one purpose. The branch is there to connect from the vine so that it is bearing fruit. And it's really good at doing that. But outside of that, they're not good for much else other than like you, as you go through and clean the, the, the vineyard, they would pile them up on the ground, let them dry out, and then they would just use it as like kindling. All you would do is just burn them. That's it. So vine branches were for bearing fruit. That's the specific purpose, and it's really like their reason for existing is to bring about fruit. Now, that kind of casts a little uh, important light on the passage, and probably they these disciples were familiar with Ezekiel's use of vineyards and compared to Israel and those kinds of things, and that's like kind of a whole other deal I don't really want to get into, but this idea of israel and us and us being god's vineyard to bless the world that was an old testament motif that we see in a lot of the a lot of the major prophets and so how did the disciples hear verse 6 is very important when jesus says if anyone does not abide in me he's thrown away like a branch and withers and then their branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned that's what they would have thought of. What's the rhythmic cycle of a vineyard? Oh yeah, you cut, you prune things and all your cuttings aren't really good. You can't like take them to the carpenter and then he make a house out of it. You just pile them up and then eventually when you need to like start a fire, you use them to burn, you just burn them. They're not good for anything except what they are made for. And so I thought a lot about that this week. Um, if he's the true vine father's vine dresser and we are branches in a very similar way we were created with real with really specific purpose a great great amount of intentionality goes into how we were made also that if you were to try to sum up the bible it would seem that one reason we were created was like to be in relationship with god that he created us in his image to have a relationship with us. You've heard me say this before, that, that that phrasing of like bearing the image of God, is this. it's the same thing the Bible uses, the same Hebrew words to talk about a child being made in the image of their parents. And so when we talk about being sons and daughters of God or being siblings with one another, that's not like just some cute analogy or something that makes us feel warm and fuzzy. That's... That's the Bible talking to us and saying, you "No, know, like God intentionally created His kids in His image, just like we create kids in our image." And so, what's what's our purpose? If the purpose of a branch is to bear fruit, what are, what's our purpose? Our primary purpose is to know and enjoy God forever. Right? That's, I mean, saints for hundreds of years have been using that exact phrase that that is. That is the chief end of man to know God and enjoy him forever that that relationship that is our purpose, just like a branch's purpose is to bear fruit it doesn't stop there though it's not about just knowing him it's also about knowing one another like he he has created a family for us to like be together and to know one another and that's that's a part that's one of the reasons why we do things like community groups is to know one another and to walk together through all the seasons of life and we don't do it to like give us something more to do we got plenty to do but it's a part of us knowing him and knowing one another and being known by one another it's a part of our purpose as branches and then and then so like if God had created us with that intention of like, or the Father and spirit said, let's make man in our image, let's create a family. And then this rebellion happened and sin broke everything. And that those, all those relationships got fractured. And so Jesus is like, okay, well, father, son, spirit come up with a plan. Jesus is like, all right, I'm gonna go execute the plan so we can heal the brokenness that sin has caused. And that we can be restored to our original purpose, which is to know God and enjoy him forever. And to do that with one another. Jesus made a way for that to happen. Faith in him is, the, is how you become a part of that. And, and a, a part of the plan in terms of our purpose is not only to know God and to be known by God. And to know each other and to be known by each other. But in response to that brokenness of sin, there's another purpose that has come in to the mix and that's us being the being the kind of people who bring heaven to earth who bring heaven to the workplace and heaven to the home and heaven into our conversations and heaven into our our speech and our countenance and heaven into everything in such a way that we are going out there we are blessing we are nourishing the earth we are welcoming other people Uh, into the kingdom of God, into our own family. We're inviting people out of a life of death and into a true life in him that we were created in. And so if if, if a vine branch, if its purpose was to make grapes, then our purpose as branches is to know God and be known by God, to know one another and be known by one another, and to bring heaven to earth so that People want to become a part of the family, as Isaiah said, to fill the earth with fruit. And so we're trying to like, be like, hey, what should be the priorities of my life? The Bible like, gives us that direction that we need. And that abiding relationship with God is the most important thing about a person. I believe that the scriptures tell us that's the most important thing about you. is your relationship to God. The most important thing about every one of your children is not what they're going to be when they grow up. Are they behaving themselves correctly? Are they becoming like good, solid people? It's do they know the Lord? That's that's primary. You think about your neighbors. The most important thing about the people that you live around is do they know the Lord or not? The most important thing about the waitress or waiter at the place you may eat lunch today is are they abiding in the vine? Has the fruit of the vineyard filled up your table in such a way that makes them curious? We were serving in a community center this week. And like I said, a lot of those kids come from, from hard places and uh, we're there playing with them, that kind of stuff. And someone, I can't remember who it was, one of the kids, the kids in the center had some, said, why are y'all so nice? Why are y'all so nice to us? And I was like, that's it. That's, that's what we want. We want curiosity of like, why are you so countercultural right now? Why are you bringing me all these grapes? That's, that's the most important thing about a person. That's the most important thing about us. That is like for the life of a branch, that is our deal. Abiding in the vine, being tended to by the vine dresser in such a way that our healthy lives produce the kind of fruit that make people curious, that invite them into the vineyard and like, hey, you can also be a branch. That's that's what we're going for. So back to the verse. Look at verse six again. Jesus starts off verse six, he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch, he goes on to talk about it. So who, who is he talking about here? Anyone who does not abide in me. There are some out there who think that he is talking about people who reject Jesus, people who do not know the Lord, um, people who are still uh, dead in their trespasses and sins. And some think that he is, when he talks about being burned in the fire, he's talking about the like judgment day moment. And those folks are, I'm not saying that they are absolutely wrong or anything like that. Uh, I think there's good reason that maybe that is what Jesus is saying. I personally don't hold to that. Um, I do, I do believe that there is uh, like, that is like a real thing. And that's a much bigger topic that I'm going to tackle in a few little side tangents today. Um, but I don't think I don't think that that's what he's talking about here. I'm in a different different camp. Uh, so some so if that's what you're thinking, like yes, we're going to get a like fire and brimstone sermon. Sorry, come back another day, maybe, uh, probably not. But you know whatever. Um, some also think that he that he's talking about people who are masquerading as as branches, um, people that kind of blend blend into the faith and all that kind of stuff, but they're not actually saved. Uh, i don't know that he's talking about that either Uh, neither of those really makes sense in context if you pull this verse six out of the previous verses and the following verses then maybe those things kind of make sense but he's talking about this vineyard and when you look at what he's just said and what he's about to say this seems to point to something else this seems to be more of if you look at the end of verse five what's the last thing he says in verse five Apart from me, you can do nothing. It seems like he's talking about what I'm going to I'm going to call people who are have people who have disconnected from the vine. People who, at one time, were connected, that are now disconnected. It seems like an extension of him saying, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." Apart from me means you're not abiding in me. And anyone who doesn't abide in me, they wither. And then they don't fulfill the purpose for which they were created. And I don't want to use the word useless. Because that's the wrong word. But I think he's saying you're you're wasting your life. I think that's who he's talking about. Not necessarily people who have renounced the faith, but maybe people who have just disconnected from Jesus in a relational sense. I think he's saying disconnection makes you withered and it makes you fruitless. And when you disconnect, you're just kind of wasting your life. Maybe, I think there's good reason to think that's what he's saying so let me run with that for a few more minutes who who are the disconnected like what what does this connection even look like and to be disconnected you mean you had to have been connected at one point right so the disconnected i think are folks who just are they're not walking in relationship with jesus anymore there's no there's no power in their lives there's no, as a branch, like they're not, there's no green, you know? There's no water, there's no nutrients, there's no abiding, there's there's no life, really. There's no power. Maybe you're like, you disconnected, but you're still interwoven into the branches, so you're still existing among everyone. You're still showing up for stuff. Maybe to the point where you think that you're connected because you're like, no, no, I, I go to church. I have a Bible app on my phone, you know. I know the song lyrics. I know who Maverick City is, you know. You're caught up in the branches. That's your community, that's your that's that's the part of your of your rhythm, but but you're not connected to the vine. And so you're a disconnected branch that's so woven up in everything, you're looking around and being like, man, there's fruit, there's life, there's all this kind of stuff happening everywhere else but if you're being honest with yourself you are withering and you know it you don't like it you know you hope no one else notices in fact you go to great lengths to keep it hidden but the vine knows vine dresser knows and if you are living in community if you are known and you know others, then the others are gonna to start to know it too, and you can lie to them and cover it up as much as you want, but eventually we're like, ah, something's not right. you know. And so that emptiness and fruitlessness is just, it's only, it only gets worse and worse and worse. And then you get to the point where you're like, what is wrong? And there are, there are symptoms. I'll tell you some of mine like when I have not been abiding, when I have not been connected to Jesus, like drawing from his life, uh, when I have disconnected and I begin to wither, here are some of my tells. Uh, Anger. Like, I'm a pretty even-keeled person. We agree with that, most people? Uh, But like, so like most of the time I'm pretty steady, like not much, but like when I get like angry, not like righteous Like not about like injustice, that kind of thing, but just like angry, like in traffic or at the self-checkout line where people don't know how to operate the self-checkout line and you should have to take a test first in my opinion. Um, (laughs) When I'm angry, to me, that's like, okay, so that's an indication of I'm I'm withering. Um, That may not be yours, that's one of mine. Another one is when I am like excessively critical of other people, or I start to blame other people for things when i 'm just real like i like, 'm just, I'm just looking, looking for someone it has to be someone else 's fault, or I take great joy in being like overly critical of someone or something um, that that 's one of my tells. Uh, I get really apathetic with the like with the spiritual practices that Jesus has given us i 'm very apathetic with the scriptures, very apathetic with prayer um, you know, someone's like, "Well, have you been praying about this?" Like, I'm like, "No," you know, that kind of thing. Um, I also get very resistance to, resistant to to submission in any form, uh, whether it's to the Lord or to you know others. Like, I've I've have had to learn my like how what are my like symptoms of withering and disconnection? You have to do the same thing. Because this kind of disconnection is a real possibility for all of us. It's very possible for you to abide really deeply in the morning. And by mid-morning, you have disconnected. It's kind of how it works. The hope is that we catch it quickly, but we don't always. Other things that I have seen from talking with people and just doing ministry for a while, other tells would be control. If ever you find yourself like, like just really trying to clamp down on controlling various factors in your life, that could be an indication. Um, when people are very unengaged in corporate worship, I feel like that is a glaring, glaring thing. I know everyone isn't like musical and everyone doesn't like really like to sing and that kind of stuff, but like, when the praises of God are, are like happening in a place, and your countenance couldn't look more bored. That should not be happening, you know. Um, When we justify certain things different ways, uh, another tell is you can watch people become very untrusting of the Lord with their money. When you're disconnected from the vine, you're you're not generous. You're very slow to wanna give money to the kingdom work Like you, there are folks who, because they're disconnected, they like won't tithe for months and months and months and months and months. And because they're disconnected, they don't feel convicted about it. They're just like, ah, I'll get around to it. I'll catch up in a few months. Like, yeah, that works. Works never. Um, He just said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So apart from me, we get, we get the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. So instead of love, Our our tell would be like apathy. Instead of joy, it would be fear. Instead of peace, it would be chaos. Instead of patience, we'd be impetuous. Instead of kindness, we would be filled with hate. Or instead of goodness, there's evil. Instead of faithfulness, there's infidelity. Instead of gentleness, there's harshness. Instead of self-control, there's self-indulgence. So much of it can come when when you start to think like, man, I, I remember when, I remember when I used to sing my heart out. I remember when I would fill up journals with prayers. I remember when I was hungry for the word. I remember when I could not wait until I made enough money to be able to be generous with it. I remember when I was so giving of my time. I remember when I, when I had my ducks in a row enough to be able to make the most important things in my life reflected in how I spend my time, where my energy goes. You know? When you think back to that, and, and your first instinct isn't like, well, I was just young, or well, I was just this, or I was just this. You don't, you don't like sweep it away. You're like, no, I am different. I'm different. A part of that is that, is that recognition that, like, you, you know what happens to us? Like, Life comes at us. And we all have to be on the same page that it is absolutely possible for us to disconnect from the vine, not meaning that you are no longer saved. I'm not talking about, like, rejecting your salvation. I'm just saying, relationally, you've disconnected. You got those people where you're really close to them, and then they move away, and then you just, like, never really talk to them very much. It's like that kind of thing. Love is-